Hey gang, welcome to episode 92 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This week on the show, we have a very special guest, Marissa Nielsen Pincus of Third Rail Projects. She's the associate artistic director over there. Um, she's here to talk on the show about immersive performance practice. What? What? Um, Details on that after the news and notes. Uh, I'm very happy to bring this to you. A quick programming note on it. Uh, I was totally hungover when we were doing the interview. So uh, you get a different energy out of Noah this time. Uh, it's not this caffeinated Noah. It's, it's a different Noah. Uh, all right. Let's roll into the news and notes and let you know everything that's going on. Uh, new editions of the West Coast and Southeast issues. I guess you should say new issues of edition. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the newsletter's coming out this weekend. Cindy's worked on the Southeast. I'm putting the West Coast together. And there's going to be uh, a lot of stuff all over the place, he says confidently. Um, <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's a bunch going on in LA right now. So if nothing else, there'll be a teaser for the next LA issue in the West Coast edition. Let's talk about Los Angeles. Let's start there. Spring is here, and it's bringing all kinds of goodness. Uh, one, The Nest, the Scout Expedition Co. piece, that's opening up soon. They've already extended into May. Tickets are going well on that. They're looking at their options. Uh, we are going to put out our next Make a Night of It guide for hanging out in the neighborhood before or after your edition of the show. This one is really hard because I live like a whole four blocks away from the place where it's taking place. So I really had to rack my brain to like figure out where to send people. No, um, this is going to be a fun one. And I encourage you to uh, look at the make a night of it guide and, you know, make a night of it. Also in the make a night of it guide section of things, Kansas collection is headed straight for the door. Uh, he, there's a, there's the big guide to all of the Kansas collection. I think if memory serves that the ax is running this weekend. So go on to the medium collection and see what you can check out. Uh, there's some great stuff right by the ax. And in fact, in some ways I'm a little jealous because there's, there's some stuff in there that I want to try. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, new pieces, new work. Heidi Duckler Dance Theater has a couple of pieces coming up this April, uh, one in San Pedro and another in Culver City. You want to go check out their website, just Heidi Duckler Dance Theater. Go do the Google search and you'll get there. And that's also going to wind up appearing in the newsletters. Um, always, always beautiful work from Heidi and company. So you, if you are into the dance side of this stuff, uh, go for it. Uh, in the last issue of the newsletter, uh, Intertext is uh, having one of their setups. Speaking of dance, this is uh, improv on my part. Uh, t taking place over at the Nutra, uh, one of the Nutra houses in uh, Silver Lake. I can't remember the date right now. It's either this month or meaning April, uh, even though I'm recording this in March, or because uh, I'm just making assumptions about when you're listening to this, or it might be May, but check the last Los Angeles newsletter. That's where it is. Sorry, I don't have the information in front of me. You know how my brain works. Or if this is your first episode of the show, hi, this is how my brain works. Uh, I apologize in advance for the rest of your life. Um, this weekend, we've got a lot of stuff going on. 
um, strangely enough. Aforementioned The Axe, which I do believe is sold out, although you might want to check on that just in case you can slip in. Countdown Escape Games, that's one of the escape room companies here in town. They're doing a a one-off called Mrs. Jezebel's Beach Party. It's something they do every April 1st. Oh, God. Oh, God, April 1st, turn off the internet. Um, it's uh, It's got a, the room winds up with a special immersive theater twist on that day each year. And uh, Miles and I of the Wise Guys told me about it. And I've been meaning to tell you guys, and, and I keep on failing because I'm, I'm a horrible person. But I do believe I think they've got some space left. Um, so you might want to go check out Countdown Escape Games. And I'm going to put up uh, a link to that in the feeds if you want to go hunt that down. Also opening this weekend, Knotts' Ghost Town VR. So this is a a, a freestanding virtual reality experience uh, set in Ghost Town. I do believe it's not like people wandering around with VR goggles and and backpacks through the actual Ghost Town, but we're going to get there. Oh, we're going to get there. Um, but I've seen some photos and read some some of the pieces. Uh, Theme Park Adventure had a write-up. I do believe I put that in the feeds. Uh, so you might want to check out that. Uh, and if you go, uh, we would love to hear your tales of the Ghost Town VR adventure. So email us, noah at nopersinium.com or... Uh, join our Slack by emailing us at noah at noprosinium.com and then tell everybody about whether or not you like that experience. And you can always do that. Join the Slack. Talk to other people who like this stuff and uh, people who are making this stuff. That's what's exciting. We got a lot of those nerds in there. Hi, nerds. Um, here's here's your your fellow nerd. Um, I said it like it's a bad thing. You know, you, you know I'm a nerd, right? I'm wearing glasses. I, I literally like did the push the glasses up on the bridge of my nose thing when I said nerd. That's if I was a Pavlovian nerd. Notice I didn't say dog. Um, oh, I met the cutest dog yesterday. Anyway, let's not talk about that. <laughs> the coffee is working. I was talking about virtual reality a second ago. Here's a virtual reality segue I was supposed to make, which is coming up on the 14th uh, and 15th of VRLA, the largest virtual reality expo that there is period, hands down, end of story, pops back up in LA at the LA Convention Center. It was pretty darn big last time. I'm almost terrified as to how big it's going to be this time. I'm going on Saturday. That's the 15th. So uh, that's tax day as well. So look for me. Oh, yeah, there's other things to do on tax day. I got to work in a lot of stuff that day. Um, I just realized that's going to be a really busy day. So anyway, I'll be there at VRLA. Um, and um and yeah, uh, I'm overclocking my head right now. Um, other things in uh, this month, uh, Unbound Productions has their fundraiser that's going to be at the Colony Theater. Uh, I believe it's on the 23rd. That's up in Burbank. Uh, you want to check the feeds for that, and it will be in the LA newsletter when it hits. Those are the folks who put on Wicked Lit. Uh, talk for a second about the alternate reality experience front here in Los Angeles. The Lust Experience, uh, the ARX for that is up and running and uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you know, they've, they've threatened to blackmail Brian Bishop. Uh, he loved that, by the way. Uh, and they, uh, they're they indoctrinating some more people, bringing them in into the uh, twisted world of Noah Sinclair, uh, power guru guy. Um 
I'm watching from uh, afar and keeping up with things. If you want to, if you want to know the, the blow by blow, the, my haunt life guys, uh, Mike and Russell, they, they cover it extensively on their show. Uh, so I'm going to listen this weekend and catch up. That's probably like the most efficient way to catch up with, uh, the lust experience is to listen to Mike and Russell's show. Uh, and then you know what's going on. Another ARX that is up and running, uh, in town is order of Belith. Uh, and, uh, I, I was, I was, had some trepidation at first about talking about it in the newsletters on the show because I didn't know if it was going to a ticketed event. Because if we went down the alternate reality experience rabbit hole, like there's so many of those, and often those aren't, you know, they, they don't necessarily have physical events or ticketed events or like big things that they're headed towards. They're not sort of episodic, immersive in the same way that, say, uh, here in New York or, uh, or have you seen Jake or, um, the Kansas collection, or in, in, from a certain point of view, the tension experience was right. So there isn't a physical plant. So I was, I was like, "Oh, is this a thing?" But I've talked to the creators, and, and they are moving towards uh, something that is kind of in our part of this massive spectrum. So, so, and for future note, uh, if you have uh, an alternate reality experience or an alternate reality game, if you th- see yourself as a game, um, there's nothing wrong with games. I love games. Uh, I just you know, games are something you can win, more or less. Um, there's philosoph- philosophy in there, but let's not do that right now. That's for later in the show. Uh, feel free to tell us about it. Um, just know that the main limitation for us kind of like sharing it with everybody is that we're, we're looking for stuff that's moving towards, uh, it doesn't have to be a paid ticket, but something that would qualify kind of as a ticketed event right? Like that's, that's sort of the heart of, of what we're doing. We're not all about commerce, but we're always looking towards, you know, there's, there's a digestible thing. So that's, that's the guide there. Um, some more stuff. Uh, let's talk about, there's a couple of things we've got still in LA for a second here. Uh, we're going to have reviews up relatively soon. Uh, we're, we're seeing the hotel play this weekend, which is down by USC player at Serena is putting that on. Um, we, we look like we're probably going to be talking to at least one of the creators of that as well. So that might just wind up as a podcast. We might write up a review. Don't know. That's this weekend, opening this weekend. Uh, and the encounter, which is at the, which is at the Wallace in Beverly Hills, and that's like the, the audio piece that's been touring around, uh, that we're checking out at the end of next week. And we will have a review on that. Speaking of reviews, see, that's how you do a segue. We're going to move up to San Francisco for a second. I am making you a solemn promise that I have set aside the time to write the review for the speakeasy. I know the folks at the speakeasy are like, when are you going to write the review? And I'm every night I'm like, when am I going to write the review? And I've been running around so much, uh, working on some stuff behind the scenes that I haven't had time to write the review yet. So I put aside some time this weekend and it will get done. I promise you. And hopefully Monday, maybe Tuesday, uh, of this coming week, you will see my notes on, the Speakeasy SF. They just put tickets on sale up through July 1st. Um, they've, uh, there's no longer Sunday shows, just so you know, but there's two other things that are interesting. One, uh, there's some tickets now that start at $55. So, and I think the tickets used to start at like a hundred bucks or 110. So there's some affordable ticket options to, if you, if you're curious and you've been like, I don't know, well, that's solved. Um, and let me tell you at 55, like just don't even like, yeah, this is, I can say even before I read a review at 55 bucks. Oh yeah. 
get in there. Just just go. Just go at $55 if you can get those tickets. Um, and uh, the team is working on some new projects, uh, which presumably, hopefully, are going to be using their absolutely gorgeous space. Like, that thing is just, woo, the design. Ermagad. Oh um, also in San Francisco, a Fuchsia Hotel is tomorrow night at the Battery. Hopefully a few of you got uh, some tickets to get into that, and you can tell us what the FOMA Labs guys got up to. Let's travel to New York City. Yes, this is long. Uh, Whisper Lodge has Whispers on Demand on April 9th for International ASMR Day, which apparently is a thing. And now I'm super jealous of the custom whispering that will be going on for International ASMR day. Uh, there you go. There's a little taste. No, I'm not providing them. Oh God, who would pay for that? If someone wants to pay for that, you can PayPal me at no. Um, actually I should think about that. I don't feel like I have that voice anyway. That uh, is going on just one day only, April 9th. Check their Instagram feed. Uh, Give to Light is one of the one of the Instagram feeds that's got the notices on that. Uh, or go to Whisper Lodge online and see if you can sign up to get some custom whispering in New York City. I know, I know those of us in LA who are into that sort of stuff. Like, I'm sorry. But, you know, you can pay them out me. Um, I just swallowed that too. You can name name blah 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 blah. Um, what the heck is my problem? You are star is going on through April fourth at a secret location in Manhattan. It's just twenty bucks. Zay is gonna check this one out. Let me read you this. This sounds interesting. You Are Star is a musical graphic novel experience designed for a small audience. Told through music and hand-drawn visuals, You Are Star takes you on an interactive journey that is both whimsical and intensely personal. Developed at the Orchard Project in 2014 and the ART in 2015, You Are Star is an experiment in the relationship between audience and artist and an exploration of what it means to grapple with darkness. I added that timber to darkness just because it felt appropriate. Um, I can't wait for Zay's report on that. Uh, if, if he can't write something up, I'm going to get him to drop us a line on the show. Sorry, Zay. I just made that up right now. All right. That's all the news. Couple of notes. First, um, we've got two new Patreon backers. Thank you so much for joining the fight, gentlemen. Lawrence Myers and John Longino. John if I just messed up your name, I'm really sorry because you are an awesome dude. Met John in person at Have You Seen Jake? Had lots of really great conversations with him there. Uh, saw him after Fear is What You Learned Here. And honestly, I want to have John on the show um, to talk about uh, from the point of view of, of fandom. Um, and, and there's a couple other people. We're going to do an episode about... Uh, folks who get involved in the ARXs and who go really deep uh, from from their point of view. And I want John to be part of that. Uh, just really, really helped solidify um, some some floaty thoughts I had and then showed me some, some other aspects of it and just, just brought some stuff into real great focus. So wonderful conversations. And uh, hopefully you'll get to eavesdrop on one of those not too long from now. 
the Patreon campaign. We're we're going strong. We're on a campaign to 100 backers. We got 56 down. We got 44 to go. And remember, we're just looking for a buck, a buck from 44 people to take us in there and, and be able to walk around. And we're booking folks and, and making a case for the community and telling people what's going on and say, hey, like this is just a silly podcast and newsletter about this stuff, telling people about it. And we have 100 backers, right? So that's what that is about works out to like $12 a year if you jump in. We are at a critical point in terms of the uh, Patreon goals, just $12 more, and we're going to cross the $200 mark and unlock the scheduled video hangouts, which means I have to let you people look at me, Um, which means I, I can't just do this in my underwear anymore. I'm not in my underwear. I'm in my gym shorts. Um... <laughs> Why did I say that? Why? Because it's it's morning and and I I have no filters before ten a.m. So when I do this before work, uh, you just get the unfiltered me. It's like all of you know me, like probably better than I know myself. Let's set up the show. Uh, Marissa Nielsen Pincus, the associate artistic director of Third Rail Projects, is an absolutely lovely human being, and I don't just say that. Um, because you know, you're about to listen to, to her talk. No, 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 no. Marissa's great. Uh, I met Marissa, um, in person for the first time, uh, when I saw the grand paradise, uh, that first night, uh, ran into her in the lobby and, um, she contacted me, uh, late last year about the fact that she was coming to town and she was looking to maybe do a workshop while she was in LA. So this past weekend, that's what we did. Um, about 15 of us, uh, did a workshop. You probably heard about it on the show before you saw it in the newsletter. It was incredible. There were, uh, several of the people who've already made shows were there. And I'm just, I'm really excited about sort of the things we learned, the things we experienced and how that might ultimately affect the kind of work that's going on here in Los Angeles, because third rail and Marissa, they, they have a very specific way of working. Uh, rooted in dance practice, rooted in in some other stuff what we'll talk about during the course of this episode. And just to be on the other side of the veil for a moment and and see how the performers uh, look through it and reach through it to pull the audience in. Um, didn't no, yeah, uh, it it changed my perception and my perspective on what the magic here is. Uh, we might get into that a little bit in this episode, but I think future After Darks and whatnot, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, just incredibly, incredibly exciting to go through the looking glass here. Yes, that was an Alice in Wonderland joke. Um, pun, whatever, who cares? Uh, I'm excited for this one for you guys. Uh, I am hungover because a bunch of us went to Clifton's, uh, afterwards and spent like three and a half hours in Clifton's, um, moving from table to table because they had like messed up our reservation. Um, but the, the floor staff was really nice and the food and the is inexpensive and the happy hour drinks are really inexpensive and the the crafted cocktails are amazing. So I, I give I give a qualified recommendation on Clifton's in that drop-ins are amazing experiences. Reservations call. Don't just use the email form. Call, push them, make sure you know exactly what's going on. But I do recommend going if you're here in Los Angeles and if you're visiting, yeah, it's a trip. 
and and the two rays is a fantastic cocktail and the noah you're about to encounter is has uh <laughs> drank one too many of them the night before here we go Normally I don't start the show with a good morning, but um, Marissa was Marissa's in town this week in, uh, here in L.A., uh, and she did a workshop with us yesterday and then graced us with her presence at, um, at dinner and we went to Clifton's, and uh, I, I might have drank a little. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be a little hungover. So for everyone uh, on the show, uh, welcome to a very, a very different energy level, Noah, than the usual hosting duties as I drink my Pellegrino. Um, Marissa, you're the Associate Artistic Director of Third Rail Projects, correct? True. I got the title. True. Oh, true. Oh, truth and false now. All right. I can handle the truth. Um, what, what, pray tell, does that involve? Um, it involves a lot of different things. So um, I have assistant directed... Then, then she fell in the Grand Paradise, um, and I have acted as a rehearsal director or kind of like holding the rehearsal directing teams for both of those shows, um, as well as like helping with some of the company management and scheduling and planning and strategic planning and planning for how we make a show and how we build a rehearsal process so it's it's a pretty serious frontline job yeah definitely yeah, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's it's down in the trenches yeah um we we did this like i mentioned uh in in the open we we did a workshop yesterday uh and so today we're, we're i want to talk a lot about sort of performance practice um for for immersive um and it's normal we'll get pretty wonky um, but before we do that, I kind of want to get a little sense of background on you, like how you wound up, because you've been, you've been with the company for a while now, but what was, what was your road to doing this particular type of, of immersive work? Yeah, um, I, let's see, I went to school for dance um, and moved to New York, like not really knowing anybody, mm. and really randomly met Janine, who is one of the uh, artistic directors of Third Rail, and they had just started doing projects. I think they had done one show. And at the time, like, we were very much working in the, like, sort of dance world, traditional, like, proscenium, doing some, like, dance theater kind of stuff. And I just, like, really connected to them. Janine had just moved back to the States from Poland, Mm. and I had just come from London, and we were sort of interested in similar stuff. Um, and so started working with those guys and over the years like you know we were just doing a little project here and there and then would go for like months without kind of working on anything or seeing each other and little by little it just started to build and um, we started doing more kind of site-specific work and some kind of like installation kind of stuff and then uh, and then we got an opportunity to do some haunted houses for a couple of years in a row, which was really like a kind of like a workshopping of how you can work in this immersive format. Like we'd been we'd been working site specifically, we'd been building installations, we'd been doing dance theater, but we hadn't really like done 
all of them at the same time. Yeah. And those were really fun ways of just like working really quickly in different kinds of structures and um, different it, kinds of ideas. And and if I remember correctly, those are what steampunk haunted yeah, houses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had an episode uh, where Janine and Lizzie uh, broke that down to Zay. I still find it fascinating that that you know one of one of the seminal works in immersive. Then she fell. Still has like haunted house roots, right? <laughs> like there's like yeah. it's like the the relationship between haunted houses and and immersive theater are like relationship. No, they're like. They're not. There's not even really. They're the same. It's not quite the same thing, but it's strong. Strong blood ties. Same. Yeah. Same ideas that are. Yeah. And and I think what we were sort of amazed with when we were doing the haunted houses were all these people were coming who were like not the like traditional like dance audience or theater audience. And yet that's what we were doing. We were just yeah. calling it a haunted house. <laughs> and we were like, hmm. <laughs> we just rebrand. Maybe we can get something going on here. Um, but so what's, what's really interesting, of course, you know, in, in third rail as a company or kind of masters of this is that relationship between the performers and the audience. And, uh, I wonder if you could kind of take us through, was there, was there kind of an aha moment for the company or an aha moment in your practice um, as as you guys started to build up from site specific to this thing that that invites the audience to be part of the world uh, emotionally mm-hmm. as well as physically. Well, I think like doing the the first two haunted houses um, where. We didn't intentionally play with like a one-on-one. There, there, like there were no one-on-one in in that kind of structured way. Mm-hmm. But I think like we started to have these moments where you connect with an audience member, and um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure where Zach, Tom, and Janine kind of landed on this idea, but I feel like that's kind of maybe where it came from but when we started the process for then she fell um they they had kind of landed on the idea of working with the alice in wonderland texts and and zach had this idea of like you know really like what does it mean if we make a show for like kind of for like one person or Mm. like where where the entire show is about you and me like in the room together yeah and we had no idea how to do that, you know? Like, <laughs> seriously, like, no clue. What? Like, what would you even start to do? Yeah, yeah. So, so we just started, like, playing with idea. Like, we, I remember of those initial rehearsals, rehearsals were like, well, what can you do with, a pers- with an audience member? Like, <laughs> can't, you know? And, and, you know, and we really quickly just started to, like, well, okay, they need to have... They need to have a reason to be in the room with you. Right. And then, like, how do you connect with them? How do you... That, yeah. one, that, one's, yeah. that one's so so <laughs> key. Like, they need to have a reason to be there. It's something I keep... Yeah. It's something It's something like uh, Michael Targarver says, like, you got to cast the audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, totally. And, and, and when, you know, I'll go see, I'll go see pieces, and, like, that, that step hasn't 
been made and and for me that's the difference between that's when we put the immersive on it you know it's mm-hmm. like if it's it's like oh this is a great processional oh the traversal's wonderful this is mm-hmm. site specific and it's like but it's like i'm just i'm just a pair of eyes you know but as soon as it's like oh um we did we, the workshop yesterday um w- one of the ways well the, the the arc of it sort of was we started um I'm interested in this in this because I'm wondering if this the way you presented the material to us almost like presents kind of a miniature version of the evolution of of the of the process for the company. Um, and so so you know what I'm ta- referring to. Um, you started us doing some movement phrases that we could loop, and then um, you know we we did some we did some adjustments based on what people were able to observe and it was only after that coming back to a little bit later that we added you know an audience member and you know in, incorporating their gaze directly into us and it was fascinating to see at that moment these pieces we were working in little groups just blossom open when the the individual when the, the audience member was added is that remotely like what the discovery process was in this practice for you guys or is that just how you now have distilled it because that's that's what you sort of seen i think like yes and no like okay. i remember like those like initial days when we got into like well actually both because then she fellows had two homes mm-hmm. um and in both buildings like when we we just like got in there and we just started like moving and improvising and seeing what we could do in those spaces and and there were a lot of ideas that like came out of that and they like kind of like what happened yesterday is like you make something and you think it's one thing but then like we figure out what the scene that we're making is actually about and then you take that chunk and you put it in a different context and you maybe make eye contact with someone or maybe it becomes about something else and then yeah then and then a scene kind of arises out of that yeah i think like other times there's a more there's like a clearer concept of what the scene wants to be and then you know you can work the other way around yeah it's just it was fascinating to me having having been on the audience side so many times Mm -hmm. to be one to be back in performance mode again and like not just like storytelling mode, but like actual performance mode. It's been a while, and that that cycle of of opening up to the audience member and making contact. I felt like it 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 like things that I felt were floaty that I was doing because I had an idea of what I was doing in in my head, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is this and this is that. And then when they had when the others who were watch who were working in the same area as me. Um, they gave me feedback and I was like, oh, this is the story they were seeing. So I started leaning into like those notes a little bit. But then as soon as I was making eye contact with one of them, the things that I felt unanchored on, suddenly I felt very anchored on, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So like the relationship to, to an individual and then to the objects, the physical space I was working with, it felt like there was this through line, almost this like, 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 line of energy from like from the wall to my hand from my hand to my eyes from my eyes to their eyes Mm. and then back again Mm -hmm. right and like like permission to move forward in the performance Mm. like Mm -hmm. do you see this you see what's going on with me oh now you do okay now i can keep on going yeah it is 
Is that typical, what I experienced? I, I think so. Be, like, it's kind of what we were talking about yesterday in the workshop of, like, that as a performer, you want to be taking, you want to be taking in information. Yes. And, and so by, I mean, and you can do that so many different ways, but by making eye contact with another person, like you, it immediately is something that your information that you're taking in and that you can respond to. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that information thing that there's so much, there's so much to that. Like it really, that really felt like it changed. Mm-hmm how I was approaching um we <laughs> now I'm flashing back because like we at the end of the workshop we walked to Clifton's from where we were the workshop was at uh Basic Flowers which is four lock spot in downtown LA we walked to Clifton's which is about 10 minutes away by walk and there was a there was one of the three people and he like follows the entire way and so we all went from being like very you were saying this you know like we were open and like eye contact eye contact and it was just like don't make eye contact <laughs> don't make eye contact uh, I don't know why I decided to share that because what, what I was going to talk about was um, what when it, when it comes to this this third connection stuff what do you talked a little about this yesterday about like reading people in the audience sometimes and like not like you never really know but I'm, I'm, uh, so I wonder if you could kind of repeat this is the worst way to ask a question <laughs> this anecdote you told could you tell that anecdote to everybody listening but um, this idea of like not, of like you're pulling in the information, you know, you probably know what you're talking Yeah. So, like, it, it happens all the time, not all the time, but it, it totally happens during, as a performer, that you have somebody, an, you have an audience member who's with you, and you're just, like, looking at it, you're looking at their body language, and they're like, this, look, like, this looks like they hate what's happening, they don't want to be here, they don't like what I'm doing. And you can make all kinds of assumptions about, what they're thinking, but you'll like see them after the show and they'll be like, that was amazing. Yeah. And it's just so important as a performer to remember that you, you can't know what's going on inside someone's head. And that the most important thing is to take the time to, to listen mm. and to pay, to take the time to, to see them, to listen, to, receive any feedback that's coming from them but to not make assumptions yeah about um about what they're experiencing and though i think there there are a lot of things that we can do there's also a certain amount of like intuition i think that that is like that you have to kind of trust like and part of that is just like trusting what i feel I mean, like, I'm a little uncomfortable. Maybe I'm not going to sit this close to this audience member because maybe, I don't know. Yeah. How do you yeah. How do you get, I mean, performers often talk about, like, getting out of your own way. How do you get yourself to the point where you can be open that way so you're, you're, you're reading folks, you're, you're kind of in that, in, in the moment, right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we talk so much about yeah. presence. So what, what are your sort of tricks to getting present? Uh... I think it like I don't know to me it's a lot like a, a yoga practice or a meditation practice where mm. you know there there are always going to be a billion thoughts that go through your head and to just like be like okay I'm, I'm not going to pay attention to those I'm just going to be like I'm not going to try and figure out what's like my brain might be telling you that you're like 
concerned or or like maybe a little annoyed by what I'm doing but <laughs> but I'm not going to I'm not going to let that I'm just going to let that thought pass through and just still be here with you yeah. kind of I started giving you weird faces. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to throw you off. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. oh concerned. I'll get concerned. Annoyed. I'll give annoyed. I was like, wait, what are we doing? It's like that thing that if you can just get past your initial, like, reaction. Yeah. You know, that there's just, like, a little bit more space. And in that space, there's, like, some communication that happens. Yeah. Well, and, and, and meditation seems apt and just, like... It's like the first step to being present is always just tuning into the space around you, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things that's been interesting with folks who have, like, the initial rush of interest in VR, I feel like 80% of it was the fact that now suddenly, even though it was still a screen, you had a screen strapped to your face and it wasn't getting any notifications from anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it took you away from our world of distraction uh, um, Lee Alexander, who used to be a, a, a video game writer, critic, person, she sort of stepped away from it. I, I When Facebook bought Oculus, she said to me, you know, it's it's ironic because Facebook is the ultimate distractionware yeah. and VR is not because you're, you're blocked out. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm, I can focus now on what's on this screen because there's nothing else. Yeah. And, and when you're in an immersive show and you've like tucked away your phone and you've, there's only you and another person and there's nothing screaming at you for attention. Suddenly you have permission to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned meditation practice. Um, one of the things you do, you do uh, mind, body, body, uh, body, mind, body, body, mind, center, <laughs> body, mind, center. Uh, so clearly m- me, ignorant me, uh, doesn't know too much about that, and but I'm I'm certain it informs your practice. So t- talk to me about that. Yeah, no one else's massive interview skills. Uh, here's the thing. Talk to me about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so good at this, you guys. I'm the best. Uh, <laughs> so fucking. <laughs> All right. um, it's a it's a somatic practice um, that for. I know what somatic is, but I know some people probably don't know that term. Um, somatic refers to, I think, our sense of our own body. Mm. Um, and so basically, I'm not, I feel like I'm kind of, I'm not that great about talking about it either. <laughs> but um, it's, it's an experiential practice of learning about your body from the inside out. So... Um, in the in the training you go through all the systems in the body bones muscles organs nervous system endocrine system Mm. um and and really like study the anatomy but also embody it from the inside out and like um how does this feel different like it's really about deciphering like you know the quality of bone like when you move from your bones you move like this when you move from your organs you move like this. There's also like a, a therapeutic aspect of it and a, and a hands-on like practice yeah. that goes with it. Um, but I found it incredibly applicable, which I don't know, it wasn't a surprise, but, but I, I, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm using this all the time as a performer in this kind of work because so much about 
um, sensing where I am and where my audience member is. And um, I think it also has helped me really understand actually what we're, how we're affecting each other's nervous systems yeah. in that, like from a more like neurological kind of point of view. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're definitely all, it's, it's a weird thing. We're, we're all open circuits. Like we, we don't like to think of ourselves that way. Yeah. We like to think of ourselves as complete, particularly Americans. Like we have a, <laughs> we have the, you know, our individuality is very important and, and it is. Um, but it sort of like blinds you to how the information you take in affects you. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and you know, your anxiety, if you've got anxiety going on and it's being triggered by the world and then like you find your body's doing weird stuff, it's like, yeah. that's the circuit yeah. working one way. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 but it's, it's really, I, I was at a, a weekend ago, I was at a, a, the conclusion of an episodic immersive and they had gone, they had gone fairly deep with some people in in the audience in their alternate reality experience, mm-hmm. um, and those folks. And the piece was about trauma and grief, and and then coming at the end, uh, hope was what you were left with. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of Pandora's box going on, really. Mm-hmm. I realized <laughs> after after I wrote three thousand words about it, I was like, oh, this is like Pandora's box. Like that would have been really helpful as an organizing principle about three thousand <laughs> words ago. Um, but um, some people were like really emotionally affected, yeah. And like the number of people who were hugging each other, like when they were like people would come in because it was one on one staggered, and they'd come into the room when they were done, and everyone was like, "Oh, hug time." Uh, and the people running it like were, were conscious, and they made sure that there was someone around to like hug somebody afterwards. But it was it's it's interesting because it was folks who had gotten like really wrapped up into a story that then they kind of like knock the fourth wall down into their psychology and then like it was getting into like their bodies mm-hmm. and that, that full sort of cycle. Um, we, we spend so much time in our heads yeah. and projected out of our heads into cyberspace now. <laughs> and, and I think really forget how much like I'm, I'm more and more conscious of, of these days of it these days. And I'll have to like, physically get away from the computer and 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 like shake it off or go yeah. walk or yeah. or just like there's all that stuff but we're like we're we're all carrying it around um let me in in the training um was it weird is your training in this method was it mm-hmm. was it weird to get conscious of your organs and conscious of like the nervous system because you're trying to work f- from those places and not just like think about them mm-hmm. but like really sort of sense it like well, is, it's, yeah it's a it's an intense process like it yeah. can it for me it was really amazing and it feel it felt like it gave me a lot of um ability to balance and modulate myself in ways that I don't think I even knew that maybe that I needed that kind of support, mm. but it but it did. Um, but yeah, the process of of going through the training can be really intense because sometimes you get like you get sort of zeroed in on something and and things just feel way out of out of uh, like proportion or like 
or like out of balance because you've been like really focusing on this one aspect of yourself and not yeah. <laughs> other things. <laughs> I, I've, I've found like if I'm working on something about myself, then it like sometimes the feedback loop is good. And sometimes yeah, the yeah and like, sometimes you just get bah. stuck in your own. And, and there's a, there was def- definitely some of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. And like, like, I think it's it's one of the things that gives like dancers and actors sort of their magical powers mm-hmm. are are doing that kind of work, mm-hmm. um, and yet at the same time as someone who's done that kind of training to light degrees, I feel like it's something everyone should like be like passively familiar with. Like yeah. it, it alters your relationship yeah. to reality mm-hmm. when you're you're going through that, and and. Um, for enjoyment in, uh, like, it's like, this is like probably the worst reason to do it. It's like, if you want to just get more out of your immersive experiences training this way, like, then you're open, you know, like you're, yeah. you're aware you're open. You can sense like, oh, I'm feeling it here. Oh, I'm yeah. feeling it there. You start to have yeah. the language to talk about it. I think that's the biggest thing is having the language mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, so you can, you can process the experiences. Um, yes. Yeah, expect us to like go into that what what's what's fun for you about working in this form like what's what's the joy uh, as if as if there's as if it's like oh this is such a heavy duty stuff no no I don't mean it that way but I love the 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 sort of like personal interaction mm. like I, I just it's endlessly um, entertaining and interesting and different every single time that you go into a scene with someone and just like what happens, yeah. you know, I love like the scenes where you get to learn a little bit about a person mm. like, um, in, in then she fell as, as one of the Alice's, you know, you have these very personal conversations with people and, and people are so like generous and open. Yeah. And I, I always felt like it both, it's like, you know, the part of me that's just like curious about <laughs> people, like it feels, you know, really satisfied that by that. And then there's also just like this, like, you know, this person who I don't know at all, just like shared something really deep with me. Does it feel like you're taking confession ever? Is that something, is that a frame that ever came to mind for you? Um... Well, I think there is something about that. Like, I don't know if I ever thought about it quite like that, but there is something about that because, you know, like, I, you know, you're with someone who you don't know mm-hmm. and they're offering you the space and the support, like as the performer is offering you the space and the support to to share something if you want. Yeah. And it seems like that's the, and it's, um, what's the word? You know, it like it doesn't go beyond yeah. that, that it's, it's, moment. It's a secure it's yeah. a secure location. Yeah. 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 It's it's funny because like there's there's some there's some shows here in LA that are definitely playing with the idea of subverting the the safety of it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Um because something that's beautiful about this is is having that having that space to just it, you know take your mask off for a it, minute it feels very precious and it feels very like sacred kind of oh yeah I, like i have a lot of respect for that space and yeah yeah well it's something that and and i know that's i know that the 
there's there's more than one there's more than one show that that is respecting that like mm-hmm. won't, won't, done, won't turn those sort of things against people and and there's such it's such a thing like in our culture right now i remember i remember when twitter was great cuz you could just like hop on it and you could almost say like whatever and people were generally forgiving and they might be like you know at most and and kind of like course correct you and then at some point there was a a tipping point mm. and the game became to shame people publicly mm. left and right and John Ronson wrote this book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed and it's this catalog of all these things and people of course publicly shamed him or tried to publicly shame him <laughs> for writing it because they felt like he was defending indefensible behaviors right. and it was really more about like you know public shaming was he, my favorite part of that was like public shaming was outlawed at a certain point right. but like the, the, tr- the tragedy to get back with the tragedy of it in Twitter was that at a certain point, it, in the early days, it was confessional. And you felt like you could sort of take these elements of yourself, put them in a place where you could observe them, right? And like writers oftentimes like don't know what they're thinking until it's on the page. And then like professional writers often do that and like put it out in front of everybody and be like, oh, this is a thought. What, what are we going to do with that, right? And like that's their relationship to it. Um and I think that's one of the things that the immersive is doing right now is is because because the digital is no longer safe, right? Right? Like we're we're like hiding in underground spaces and like going <laughs> to closets and going to closets and telling like things to dancers and that's how that's the new Catholicism. They won't judge you, so <laughs> yeah, and like the anonymity, the, yeah, of of that, even though like. Y- it's very personal. It's also like yeah, it's completely it's a strange. You know, it's a stranger. Yeah, that's yeah. no, totally. What's any any um any stories stand out in in performing? Like anything where there's things going off the rails or or things being things being just like wow, like like somehow the audience elevating a moment beyond what it normally is. Yeah. Uh... I mean, in terms of the off the rails, that usually has to do with people being like far too drunk or <laughs> or high on something, and those can be interesting. What do you do? What do you do to get those? Do you, is it is it possible to get those people back on track? Or? It it, it, de- it depends. I mean, right. some people are far gone, and yeah. and um, I mean, what I guess what we think about in terms of like you know, whether it's possible to, like, keep them going is, like, if they're affecting other people's experience. Mm. You know, like, if I'm in a one-on-one with them and they're just like, wah, like, it doesn't really matter, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, as long as I feel safe and they are safe, like, but if, if like, you're in a group of 10 people and they're completely, like, overtaking the scene in a way that is not good for the show yeah <laughs> that's where um but i find you know like some people was that a thing that like happened at grand paradise oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i used to actually happened in both shows yeah. but grand paradise more often because there was just a little bit more space and freedom and yeah like and there's the bar there's yeah, the bar yeah, yeah. people, are, people <laughs> yeah. Are picking up a drink in the middle of the show so um but I, so like i find as a performer like if you get if you start to get like 
angry or aggressive or, or frustrated in that way like mm. it it escalates yeah. things and if you can just be like if you can de-escalate and just kind of like if somebody's being a little bit like um whatever mm. rather than like get in front of them and be like yeah you know you, you're like or like stare them down or whatever it's like you come up to the side of them you just like you kind of circle them into your into what you're doing and see and so often that just like totally calms them down mm. so you, you mean like circle and like you you find a way to fold them into yeah. your yeah uh, like almost like oh, this is kind of like this is the game we're playing now yeah like oh, yeah you want to play that game that's okay this is the yeah game it's like playing. oh okay how about that and you we're gonna go this way yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just gonna take you over yeah. here look at this nice yeah. wall you know yeah <laughs> so many pretty things <laughs> you know <laughs> And it's amazing. I mean, it doesn't always work, but it's amazing how often that is all somebody needs is a little, like, yeah. a little just, like, extra attention and, like, put your arm around them and, like, yeah. We're- <laughs> it just, and, I mean, particularly in Third Rail's work, I think the heart of it is attention, and so it doesn't surprise me that, like, the, 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 the thing that solves it is attention. It's like, yeah. you want, folks are coming, like, there's, it, it's like, was it like you know, people go to the club to like see and be seen but there's a different kind of being seen at a third mm-hmm. rail show mm-hmm. like you're going to hopefully be seen in that <laughs> confessional sense like yeah. somewhere during the course yeah. of the night someone's gonna see you yeah and it, for that for that that's why you went for that brief moment of like oh i was seen mm-hmm. right um I and mean, it feels always like it feels like it's always a mutual trade right even though it's the character and not the performer but I think of like the scene, one of the scenes in, in in Then She Fell, which has the quality of a confessional. Like it starts with an invitation in, like it's an there's an offer mm-hmm. from the performer of of a, a, a tidbit of the character, and that's the the route into getting the audience to to offer it up. It's, it feels mm-hmm. like a like a, a poker game or something. There's yeah, it's like you you have to give you have to give something yeah. in order, like. Do you guys do you guys have like I'm sure you do. This is a silly question, but do you guys have like super fans of this stuff who just keep coming back again and again and yeah, again? Yeah. Yeah. Um I'd say like Benji Fell most people will come like, you know, if they're really into it, they'll come like a handful of times, yeah. but not like a hundred times. But yeah. we do have like a couple, you know, like couple people who just come all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's like true of like any Broadway show. Like yeah. I remember, we were working on, on a, a sit down of Putnam County Spelling Bee of all things. And there were the, every weekend there was this group of kids from the suburbs who were there, you know, and they were just like, they were, they were in love and they were enamored mm-hmm. and every, every weekend. Um, it's, yeah. And, I, and Grand Paradise definitely had people who would like show up like every week. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to say famously, like I was, I really honestly, cause like, cause the first time I met you was you were, you were going in, it was the first time I went to the Grand Paradise mm-hmm. and you were, you were following the tracks that night. And then I, I think we wound up at the end together. Yeah. 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 We were in, in that scene. And then, 
I had I had Lauren Moraski doing the Hustler scene on that night, and that one really like got to me. And also didn't know it was Hustler. Like famously later, I was like, "Oh, the Hustlers!" I was like, oh, "Hustler!" Um, <laughs> uh, I was really actually honestly depressed when I heard that term. I was like, "Oh God, I'm an idiot." Um, but like, I came back like two nights later, and and the the weirdest thing was some people know this story, but whatever. No, I feel like an old man. Could I tell the same story a hundred times till I die? But but there's a reason why. I think I'm, I'm kind of, I want to go here with this a bit. Um, I'm always looking for answers for these moments, and that's the thing. That was the interesting thing about Grand Paradise to me is like it feels like one of those, and I know it's not, but it feels like it's a moment in your life, and you like sit there like it's a Rubik's cube, and can I if I can just twist this in a certain mm. way, I can unlock the tumbler, and there's no answer. Like you open it up, and like it's just an, the prize inside is drink your. Ovaltine, um, <laughs> but I I came back two nights later and like it, just intending to like go on a different track, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. My main goal is just like all almost the point of like w- just want to know like did was it just that sequence of events happen to be like particularly hit the right number of buttons for me? And, and is there a different sequence of events that'll hit similar buttons or, yeah. or different buttons that will hit with the same uh, tone? And sometime during the sequence when the the um the, right after the all the rooms were open for the first time mm-hmm. the only time i can't remember right now um you'd know i can ask <laughs> do the rooms open more than once or is this one yeah. yeah 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 um after after that i'm standing there i'm watching something in in the main space and then uh lauren Moraski, uh who's who originated the the role of one of the hustlers and who who had been the the, the scene partner uh, the other night uh, is like standing next to me and like holds my hand for a second and I'm like what <laughs> right and then and then I wound up like tracked in back in to like that part of the track that, lead, uh-huh. that leads to the hustlers I wound up in ultimately wound up back in the hustle room like with the guy that time but there's a sequence in the d- disco where she takes people like behind the scenes oh, uh-huh. and gets the gets the abalone shell and I was at a certain point that was convinced that I was about to be like booted out because the the you go through the back rooms right and to get back into the disco there's a door and the door has exit above it and so I was led up to that door by her and I was like oh god I what did I do what did I do I violated like something and then we go back to the disco but like for like you know, I've been to haunted houses now. I've, been to, I've never been more terrified in an immersive experience <laughs> than for the five seconds that I thought Lauren was about to kick me out of the Grand Paradise because I had, like, because she thought I was a stalker. And I was like, no, that's not, I was trying to avoid you. I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. Um, and, and I got to imagine, like, a lot of people, like, fall and fall deeply enamored with yeah. folks in that show. Yeah. Um, because of the, the the intimacy energy that's that's played with, um, what's the puzzle intervention? Like, oh, but okay, so yeah, so this I guess this is the thing, and not that you would know in this particular case, but um, when dealing with people who come back multiple, like, did the did the cast because they have discretion on who they get to take into places like you know to, to, to some, some degree, degree yeah. right like there's a bit of a numbers game going mm-hmm. on but like do they do they start to play like a, a meta game with like oh maybe i recognize and they not they see so many people but it's 
how does how does that sort of like does that ever factor in? Because your your guys' shows aren't set up for meta narrative. Yeah. Uh, there's no yeah. there's no like you're guaranteed to get a different experience if you come back the next yeah. time because of some choice. But do do relationship the, the desire for the Grand Paradise is that the audience gets to choose where yeah they're going yeah and and though like as a performer like you know there are moments where you need a certain amount of people or you you know that um but our desire is that people like go to what they're attracted to yeah in that moment so for the most part no okay (laughs) yeah yeah But but it is that thing sometimes where you just like you connect with somebody and you're like okay you're coming yeah yeah Yeah. I still I still don't know if like when she came up in the middle of like there was something to get pulled off to and like I didn't yeah but that's good because I actually think that's like the most sometimes the absence of an action is maybe like the best thing like because it leaves the question and honestly if this if for me the story was just like all oh and then showed up and held my hand and pulled me off into a room because that's that's what happens at these shows it yeah. was the held my hand and then like slipped away like fleeting lost moment and i'm like <laughs> you know like for the rest of my days i will remember that um and of course i mean like what i, I get a one-on-one it's like full stop right like that's what you get but the fiction of the world like makes you start yeah going weird and yeah and you which come is out, kind of amazing right yeah like that like yeah there's that space for you to like make and and yeah you, and you know it too right <laughs> yeah. like you know like you're sitting there and it's like you're like two people it's like okay like there's there's this fictional version of reality that i've been inhabiting and so like and there's all these questions that linger in that fictional reality, but like, it's not real. But because you're moving through these sequences with people, and these are the kinds of sequences you only do with real people, mm-hmm. it takes on this gravity and yeah. it starts to like really, well, there's a question. <laughs> 20 minutes for Noah to formulate a question. That's a record, guys. Put it down. <laughs> take a shot. Take a shot. Take a shot now. Um... Do the performers, do you sometimes find yourself resonating with questions uh, at the end of a show? I mean, I know actors and performers in general, like, you know, I don't think they would, nearly said we, I can't count myself anymore, uh, wouldn't do this stuff if it wasn't activating some some of that. But, but do, do folks sometimes come out and like, oh man, like I just went to a place tonight. Yeah, that totally happens, you know. Um, and like triggered off of like what what the audience is doing. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I had a couple of times in the Grand Paradise where um, there's a scene that I did that um, kind of has to do with giving somebody like a, a death kind of experience, oh, and yeah. sometimes those would go to a really intense place. And, and like the power of just like sitting with somebody in that and then the scene's over and they leave and you're just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel, I think as a performer in this kind of work, it, I think it's really important to 
to both be very present and and with it and also have the support for yourself to not like yeah to not go on every trip that happen you know otherwise you're just going to be complete like your your own like sense of groundedness has yeah. to like you're the it's your job to hold the ground for what's happening yeah it's like every psychologist yeah. has their own psychologist they go to <laughs> every priest has their own confessor yeah. every shaman their yeah. own shaman yeah. like there's this there's this chain of support that needs to happen because there you're 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 sinning you know yeah. you're you're taking people's emotional weight and it and it, and it gets up into the body, yeah. you know, because of that open circuit thing. Yeah. But, like, I think, like, at least my practice as a performer is not to, like, take it, to, like, let it, to, like, experience it, but not, like, take it on. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's like in some meditation practices, it's like, you know, you're observing the thoughts, you know, you know that there's always, some of the metaphors is there's the blue sky, there's always, like, the thoughts are a cloud, but, like, what's above the clouds? The, there's blue sky above the clouds. There always is. It's... There's a fundamental ground of being. Um, that's a that's a that's a hippy dippy meditative <laughs> point, and totally reflective of what this show really is. At the end of the day, I'm all converting you into a cult. Um, Marissa, is there is there anything that you can share about things that we should be looking forward to, or are you guys all in stealth mode right now in terms of the company? Um, Think hard because I don't want you to to, mis, to misspeak here in well, case. I'm, um, we are working on a commission with Lincoln Center, and there will be some news shortly about what that is. And all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that one's that one's an open, not secret. So, yeah. like, yeah. But for those who haven't been paying attention, yeah. I think I think it's it's good. And that's yeah. But beyond that, that there's yeah. There's, Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, mysteries and wonders await as always. Marissa, thank you. I, I, I hope everyone can <laughs> likes how this went because Hangover Me is not the most adept interviewer. Uh, but yesterday, uh, yesterday's workshop was was really lovely, and uh, hopefully next time you're in LA, we'll get to do it again. Yeah, uh, yeah, be great. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot. Um, and maybe and maybe next time you're in LA, we'll have like gear to do something uh, maybe more like a town hall, and people can better better question askers than this guy can <laughs> do it. Um, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank our guest, Marissa Nielsen-Pincus of Third Rail Projects for being our guest on the show today. Uh, you can keep up on Twitter with Third Rail Projects at TRPNYC. They're on Facebook, of course. They have uh, their own newsletters letting you know when both shows and workshops, if you're interested in taking a workshop uh, in Brooklyn, uh, are happening. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. How can you find us? If for some reason, after a 20-minute cold open, hey, look, man, we had a lot of news, um, you still want to contact us. I got to cut those things down. I just, I really got to find a way to cut those things down. Um, that's my pledge. Next week, we're going to be nice and clipped. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of blast through it. Got to get it to like a good 12 minutes again. Um, you can contact us. 
Uh, first, easiest thing, nopersinium.com is where you find the newsletter, all the other links, at nopersinium on Twitter. Assuming Twitter doesn't implode in the reply all chain to end all reply all chains, what the F, guys? What the F? I'm at Noah J. Nelson on Twitter. You can email me, Noah at nopersinium.com. That's where you send uh, tips about shows that are coming up, um, you know, notes on things. If you saw something that was really good, if you saw something that was really bad, it's where you request access to the Slack. Just send us an email saying like, hey, I want to get in on the Slack and we'll put you in on the Slack. Uh, the Slack is great for kind of like when tickets go on sale, we're going to start using the notification system in there to kind of like warn everybody. So if you've got Slack turned on, you're going to get a bing tickets because uh, some stuff sells out really fast. Um, there's a couple other things we're working on in the, in the background in terms of communications. Uh, we're going to launch those relatively soon. Um, the Patreon, if, uh, if you have any patience left for the sound of my voice, uh, the Patreon's a great way to show your appreciation. Patreon.com slash no proscenium. Again, we're marching towards a hundred backers. Um, the Medium Collection, that's where we put our essays, or our reviews, our, uh, our, our make a night of it guides. That's medium.com slash no dash proscenium. I'm a, I'm a big Medium fan, have been for a long time. <laughs> you know, they change things about once a year, uh, and at least when they change things, it isn't usually an absolute disaster for users, unlike a certain Twitter I know, um, or Facebook for that matter. What the F, Facebook? If I wanted Snapchat stories, I'd be Snapchatting stories. Oh, what do you know? Sometimes I Snapchat stories. I don't want it in my Facebook mobile feed. Um, this is not the Noah Complaints About Social Media show, except that it is. Um, music for this show, aka Noah Complains About Social Media show, is by the wonderful Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society here in Los Angeles. Um, that's it. Um, apologies for the long open. Um, you, we, you, tell me, honestly, particularly if you're a Patreon backer, you know, please tell me if those are interminable. I have no idea. I also don't know if the length of those is what's, you know, holding us back. We're approaching episode 100. And... Um, you know, that's that's quite the feat. It also means that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what can I do to make the show better? What can I do to make the show more accessible to folks? So, um, yeah, if you have ideas, uh, now is the time to start telling me what you'd like. If you don't want me to change a thing, now is a good time to tell me that too. Uh, because left to my own devices, I might Frankenstein this thing into something unrecognizable. Um, but if you are really, 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 really adamant about, hey, we don't care how long the cold open goes, um, or maybe you just say like, you know what, move the news to afterwards, you know, things like that. There's there's all kinds of options here to what we can do with the show. Um, I wasn't intending on talking about this, but now is a good time. And... Um, and, and I do this for all of you, um, so tell me, please tell me, or I'm just going to make shit up on my own. All right, so next week on the show, uh, I got some options, so we'll see what the rabbit pulls out of his hat. Until then, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>